If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is a customer service expert. Shep Hyken is a customer service and experience expert and the chief amazement officer of Shepherd Presentations. He's a New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling author and has been inducted into the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame for lifetime achievement in the speaking profession. He works with companies and organizations who want to build loyal relationships with their customers' employees. He's also the creator of the Customer Focus, a customer service training program that helps organizations develop a customer service culture and loyalty mindset. He's a true master of creating strategic content and leveraging it to get the attention of potential clients to cement relationships with them. He's the host of Amazing Business Radio on the C-Suite Network. He's a dear friend and National Speaker Association colleague. Shep, what a thrill it is to welcome you to the show, and thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor. Wow. Well, I'm honored, and that is quite an introduction. Thank you so much. So, Shep, let's discuss podcast. You've got your amazing business radio. I've got my podcast, Book Marketing Mentors. What do you think are the major benefits of having a podcast and why an author should think about having one? I think that what you just mentioned is a great point to make. And, you know, my amazing business radio is about creating amazing customer service for customers, clients, patients, guests, whatever. And and yours is focused on book authors. And let's go back to when I first started my podcast. And I'm going to get to your question about the importance to authors. But I think there's a point that needs to be made. I was hired by CBS to get on their podcast network, which also included some actual real radio time. And I did a weekly show that was about, well, it was, you know, they wanted to put commercials in. So it was about 50 or 51 minutes or something like that. And It was a general business show. At the end of the year, I realized that I'm a customer service expert and a general business show is not about my brand. It's only about a business show. And nobody ever said they wanted to hire me as a speaker. And I don't think many people bought books because I didn't focus on my expertise. So I had a great chat with the folks at CBS. The president of CBS Radio is a phenomenal guy. And he and I agreed that a customer service show is too narrow-minded or too narrow-focused, excuse me, not narrow-minded, but narrow-focused for what they want in a general show. So I switched, and guess what? My numbers went dramatically down, and I was okay with that because I knew that the only people that would listen to my show were probably people that were only interested in what I had to talk about. So if your authors are any type of subject matter, nonfiction type expertise, they should talk about that topic and only that topic. So it keeps them in their lane. 
And that's what you're doing with your cast. That's what I'm doing with mine. And at the end, what happens is people say, I know this person for you know, what they're talking about, not some general business show, which switches from, you know, hey, let's talk about this executive and their business. Hey, let's talk about how this musician made a success. No, I only talk about customer service and experience and it's working for me. So as an author, when my books are coming out, this is what people know me for. And if they're listening to my show because of the content, which is customer service, they probably want to buy something that is about customer service. So it's very supportive that way. Take that to the next step. How can an author maximize having a podcast? Well, number one, first thing is you have to start doing it. Number two, you need to make sure you're on all the networks. And number three, you need a little bit of a tribe to start with. Let me share another thing. By the way, I say tribe. You can have a newsletter. Let everybody know you're doing it. Let your friends know you're doing it so that they can at least start and listen to it. You get some listenership. But I have a philosophy about podcasts. Now, My podcast doesn't have huge numbers. We don't have 25,000 people per episode listening to it. I'm lucky at the end of a week, there's a 1,000 or 1,500 listens. But once again, it's the people that are listening are only listening because they're interested in the topic. And when I have something to promote, be it a book or be it a sponsor's product, as long as the product is tied to customer service, they're interested. So taking it to the next level is about your listenership. I don't mind being a guest on podcasts, even if the podcast, the people listening, if there's one person listening and it happens to be the interviewer's mother or father, I don't care. But here's what I do care about. Is it a good podcast? Is the interviewer great? Like you're great. I'm honored to be on this show. If it's a good podcast, I'll promote it to my network because it shows that I've got another asset another promotional piece that I did, an interview, and I'm happy to do it. Nobody's going to know that the podcast that I was a guest on was two people were listening or one person was listening. No, I'm the only one that knows that. All my clients know or all my people in my community and my tribe know is that, hey, Shep's like doing another one. This guy's getting interviewed all of the time. So that's an important piece. It's not just about doing the podcast. It's also about being a guest on a podcast. And by the way, you get practice of just being in front of a microphone either way, and you need to get good in in front of that microphone. So what better way to do it, whether you're a guest or whether you're actually the host, just get in front of the microphone. Thank you for the compliment. And yes, I totally agree with you. Getting in front of that microphone and just talking to as many people as you can out there, you just never know who is listening. And it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. And you're all about quality. I know that. Well, thank you. One other cool story I'd love to tell is that podcasts have really come a long way. I mean, now they're really popular. Back when they weren't popular, I did a show with a guy, great expert. And the number of people that listened to the show, it was 19 people. That's it. Okay. Now, I wasn't trying to promote a book at the time, but I thought, well, what the heck? 19 people, somebody showed up, somebody called me and they said, we listened to the show and we would like to book you to come and speak at our conference. I go, really? Now, out of curiosity, why me and not my guest? And the person said, well, your guest was great. Obviously, your guest is an amazing guest, but it's obvious who had the expertise. You knew what questions to ask. I don't believe in the just ask a question 
and get an answer. I believe in having a conversation. So I extend my expertise into the conversation, even when I'm a host. And she says, it's obvious that you have an expertise in this area as well. And they booked me. Here's the thing, 19 people, only one of them had to be the right person. So if we're selling books, I want you to think about it this way. I have a pretty nice size Twitter following. I have friends that have 10 times the Twitter following I have. The only people that want to follow me, sure, once in a while we get stragglers and friends, but most of them are interested in what I talk about, customer service, what I write about, what I podcast about. So there's only so many people in the world that can do that. I would rather have my numbers instead of 10 times my numbers where 90% of them really don't care about what I do. Because then I know if I do a podcast or if I do any type of a promotion, you know, 90% of the people, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. And that's it. I would love my audience that's listening to be my community, my tribe, the people that are interested in what we're talking about. So I think what I'm hearing you say is the fact that it's more than just the podcast itself. It's all the other things in addition to that that the author needs to be doing. So let's look at how can you take the podcast and what else can you do with that podcast once you have it? I love that. So we do our show notes and a lot of times podcasters will have what they call show notes. Sometimes there is simply a transcription of the show and it's cleaned up a little bit, the questions and the answers. What we look for are bullet points. And here's what I'll occasionally do. If I get a great guest, I can turn that podcast into an article, not just show notes, but a true article. I write a weekly column in Forbes and I also have my own blog and I write some sporadic articles as well. A great podcast is just a layup for an article. It's so easy to do. Number two, we look for quotable moments throughout the podcast. So I'll actually, as I have a, always have a pen and paper next to me, and if I hear a quotable moment when my guest says something great, or maybe I'll say something, I actually just write down the time code of when it happened and go back. Those quotables become tweets. And by the way, sometimes a tweet can become a short article. That's a powerful way to pull content out. And finally, one of the things we like to do is when we go back and we listen to the podcast after we're finished, what question did that answer? And we make sure that at the very top, we write down, this is the question that we answer. And sometimes we will actually use it in our show notes to go underneath the podcast, which is really good for optimizing for search when people say, well, how can I give better customer service? Or in your case, how do I publish a book? Where do I get my book printed? How do I get my book into a bookstore? So all those questions, that's exactly how somebody might type it into a Google search. And so you want your podcast to come up that way. And by the way, our podcast and the show notes become one of the blogs that's on my website, which is also really important because that, in turn, Google loves dynamic or ever-changing front pages of websites. And so as a new post comes up that changes the front of my website, so I will use the podcast not only as a podcast, but the show notes as a blog as well. So we were talking earlier and you mentioned that you have a brand new ebook that's come out, Be Amazing or Go Home. And you've done extraordinarily well with that. And we can talk about the strategy in a moment, but I want to know how you're going to take the content, let's say, of that ebook and maybe utilize it within the podcast or how do you bring the two of those things together? 
here's the thing. And by the way, it's not just an ebook. It's a hardbound book. However, I decided every time I've written a book, I've almost always done it differently than the last time before as far as publishing promotion. I've gone with mainstream publishers, hybrid publishers. I've done completely 100% self-published where I even hired a designer myself to do the cover and all that. And this last book, I said, you know what? I'm not going to make the big play with a bunch of hardbound books and try to get them in bookstores. I'm going to see if I can move the needle on my uh, Amazon ratings, which I thought was cool. So in the podcast, obviously, you're going to talk about the new book. If you're thinking about it and you're writing about it and you're doing something with it, it's on the front of your mind. And maybe my mind just works this way. But Susan, you could be talking about underwater basket weaving, and I'll figure out how to tie it into my Be Amazing or Go Home customer service book. I just make it work. I don't know how I can bridge the gap there. Talk to us about some of the strategies. You've got me really curious about strategies you use to really excel on that ebook. The book just recently came out. Number one is I'm not greedy. I don't put the ebook out there to make money. I want the ebook out there because I want people to get it in their hands. I want them to get some great content and I want to bring them into my world. So there's several things I did on, uh, obviously an ebook doesn't have a back cover. So what I did do is on the second or third page in, there's a full page ad that says, I'm glad you bought the book. Basically go to the website for, and there's a URL for additional content. You'll be glad that you did. We're tracking, by the way, when you do an Amazon ebook, you know, a Kindle book, you don't get any information about your reader. Amazon has the information about the reader. All you know is how many people bought the book, right? That's it. This is a way to get people into the world because in order to get the additional content and the bonuses, they have to actually fill out a form, which gives me their information. Now they're in my world. By the way, what I'm offering them is a tremendous value. It's not I didn't get 10 authors together and offer white paper, papers or excerpts of books or, or whatever. What I did is I took a course that I normally sell for $49. And I said, if you buy the book for 99 cents, you'll have access to this content. We give them a free license for a course that we sell to our corporate clients every single day for $49. Now, they're not going to get a full year's license. And by the way, it's a short course. If they don't take it in the first week, they're probably not going to take it at all. But it is a very robust customer service course for what it is. Five ways to create customer amazement. Hence the book's title, Be Amazing or Go Home. It all ties together. So what we saw when we promoted it, and we promoted it through a newsletter, 20,000 or so people get my newsletter, and we have about a 20% open rate. So that's about 4,000 or so people. And then, of course, I asked a bunch of my friends who have very high Twitter followings. I sent them the exact tweet. Uh, we used that. We used a program called Thunderclap, which is very cool, where you have the tweet, send it to all your friends who have a lot of followers on Facebook and Twitter, and just agree that this you'll be willing to tweet this out, and it all automatically does it for you. So all they have to do is agree to it, and at any given time that I've determined a tweet will go out. So this past Monday, we did it in celebration of customer service week, which was pretty cool. But what we did was we did our thunderclap and at two o'clock Eastern time, 5.4 million tweets went out. Well, actually not 5.4 million, but it reached 5.4 million people. In addition to 
Facebook posts that all these people agreed to do it. So it's pretty cool when it happens. And we saw immediately spikes in the downloads. Realize when you post a tweet, less than 1% of the people actually see the tweet. So if you have a million people, that's like, you know, a million people is 10,000. So 10,000 people see the tweet. Well, that's pretty cool. But then you figure maybe one or 2% of those people will actually take action. Well, that's still a couple hundred people. And that's the way to look at it. You have to look at your numbers. And that's how we managed to get a lot of spikes in sales. And we hit number one in a bunch of categories. And it still is doing very, very well. So congratulations on that. That's absolutely amazing. And those numbers are staggering. Tying it back to the podcast, is there anything in the book that leads people to the podcast? You said in your podcast, you lead people to the book. But what about the other way around? That's a great question. And now that I think about it, next book, it will have something about the podcast. (laughs) But let's think about this for a moment. I want people to listen to it. If people search my name, they're going to find out that I do this. Whenever they receive my newsletter, on the right-hand column of my newsletter, I have check out my online program, check out my podcast, check out my latest book. And these rotate, one, two, three, four, that kind of thing, so that each week we're promoting something harder than the other. So I think it's really important. Always at the bottom, I'll always put in be sure, and, and I have the episode. So I have it in two places on my newsletter. As a result, we get people clicking through, and we can track those numbers. So everything ties together. I look at it this way. It's not my strongest marketing tool. It's a marketing tool. And if you think that one marketing tool is going, oh, I'm just going to tweet to everybody. You need to tweet. You need to Facebook. You need to blog. You need to to do potentially a podcast. You need to do five or six different promotional things about your business, about your book. And when you do that, you have reasons to go on and promote what you do. Like I said, we talked about the podcast, pull quotes out of the podcast, pull quotes out of your book. These are little sayings that you can tweet out, little things that you can make a meme with. You can make it look really pretty. You can post it on Facebook. By the way, Facebook Live, it's kind of a form of a podcast. I would think about the book came out. It's time to talk about your book. Do it as a Facebook Live and just talk about it for five or six minutes. It's a great way of communicating what it is that you're doing and getting people excited about it. I love the way that you say, you know, just don't take one thing and think that's the be all and end all of your marketing, that you need to extend it in all different areas. And it's within all those different things help what I call those drips that are going to fill up the bathtub. So, yeah, congratulations. Mistakes. I love talking about mistakes people make. If you think about maybe other people who make mistakes with their podcasts or maybe mistakes that you've made, what could you share with our listeners? I'm not going to tell you I never make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. But because I don't beat myself up over them very often, I really don't see them as setbacks per se. I just learn and learn and learn. I learn what to do and what not to do. In the podcast, I think the mistake that I made really for a year, even though I had a great show, was I went general instead of narrow with my topic, general to all audiences about many different business items. That wasn't as powerful for me and my brand as going narrow, even with less people. So I guess I fixed that mistake, a mistake that apparently I just made was not talking about my podcast in my new book. So thank you very much for bringing that up, Susan. My pleasure. I'll send you the bill. No worries. (laughs) Oh, great. 
The other mistake I would think on the podcast, it's not a mistake. It's just you can't beat yourself up if you got a good episode or a bad episode. Not all episodes are going to be epic and great. But realize that just like you watch Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show or Colbert, those guys have great nights and they have okay nights. And they don't beat themselves up over it. It's just another show. But you know what? Some people love you no matter what you do. So you've got fans out there and just keep going at it. And every time you do it, you're going to get a little bit better and then you're going to get your pace. You'll get your rhythm. And we do a show every week. I don't necessarily record the show every week. I might record two or three episodes in one week while I'm in town. But getting that pace and that rhythm, I'm pretty comfortable. I know what I'm doing and I feel really good about it. And by the way, that may be the biggest, most important thing that you do in a podcast. Have confidence, exude confidence. I remember there was a TV commercial that says, never let them see you sweat. Okay. They may not see you across this podcast, but they can feel the discomfort. They can feel the nervousness. So, you know what? First few episodes, practice. You don't have to post them, just practice. It's interesting because I remember going back now a couple of years with the podcast, and those first few weren't great. When I listen to them now, the content was good, but I just was like in learning mode, like you. And since then, it's gotten better and better, and I feel more comfortable, and I think my guests feel more comfortable. So, yes, it's that practice makes perfect. And even though I didn't want to go live with them in the beginning because they weren't perfect, I was like, if I don't go live with it, it's never going to happen. So I just did and learned along the way. That's what everybody says. So good. On Amazon, real quick, there's an ebook by John Dumas. I believe it's D-U-M-A-S or yes. D-U-M-A-S. Very, very good book to pick up. And I believe he gives it to you at an extremely low price, like 99 cents. Realize that throughout the book, he's going to be pitching you on his other programs. But regardless, there's so much good information in there. And you know, we could spend three hours talking about how to launch a podcast or how to get more listeners. But I would highly recommend that book. Yes. And we've actually had John Lee Dumas as a guest on the show. I, I've been a student of his for quite a while. So yes, absolutely. Thank, thank you for the reminder. We'll put a link to his show as well so people can listen to both of them. And if our listeners wanted to contact you for more information, how could they go about doing that, Shep? Just go to hyken.com, H-Y-K-E-N.com. Very easy. That's my last name. If they want to find out more about the book, just go to uh, Amazon and type in Be Amazing or Go Home or type in my last name. You type in my last name, my brother's name comes up too. He wrote a book, but he's a therapist. Unless your kids, you have kids that have problems, stick with the customer service books. And if you could leave our listeners with a golden nugget, what would that be? Oh boy, I thought I gave them all to you, but the golden nugget perfection is not reality. Uh, famous football coach Vince Lombardi said, it's the pursuit of perfection that is reality. And as I take that comment to heart, I go to a coaching program and he taught me about 80% is good enough. If you get to a point that's 80% finished, 80% good enough, finish it off and get it released whether that be your podcast, whether it be a book, or maybe uh, if you get it to the 80%, hand it off to somebody else to finish the final edits for you, whatever. But don't beat yourself up over going after the perfect, the perfect 
podcast, the perfect book, the perfect whatever. Think about it. If Bill Gates would have waited for the perfect version of Microsoft, the operating system, we still wouldn't have it. I was just so, going to say, we'd still be waiting, hey? <laughs> right, right. And it's the same with anything. Don't beat yourself out over not being perfect. Just make it good. By the way, I don't mean like, you know, good enough. I want something really good. And when you get to my standard, 80% is, is good enough to release. Sure, would I like it to be 90% or 100%? Maybe. And as I mentioned before, I've got a little team of people here. And they're not little people. They're a little team. There's three or four of them at any given time that work here in the office. And they will take my 80, 85% blog or whatever, and they'll make it shine a little bit shinier. The podcast, they'll put it together so it's really, really nice. So that's it. Don't go for perfection. Shoot for 80%, but make sure your standards are high enough that 80% means something. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book-selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded, so visit bookmarketingmentors.com. And we'll see you again next week 